This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Much like the Steelers are preparing for Mason Rudolph, but hoping for Ben Roethlisberger, that's exactly what we're going to have to do on this podcast today. Friday editions of the Steelers Standard getting you ready for Steelers and Chargers. Jacob Recht and Tom Opferman here with you. Gotta expect it's going to be Mason Rudolph. I mean, just like we were expecting it was going to be Ben Roethlisberger before the Lions game. And then hopefully at the midnight hour, just like last week when he was taken away from us, our sweet baby boy number uh, seven will be, del- will be delivered back to us at the midnight hour on Golden Saturday. Because listen, I said it in an episode we did earlier this week. I want to revise the statement we had earlier this year before the Bengals game. When Watt was out and Ben started showing up on the injury report. Who's more important to you? Watt or Ben? We both said Watt. Back then, I really believed it was Watt. After seeing Mason Rudolph firsthand against an 0-8 Detroit Lions team, Ben's the most important piece to this puzzle. And I'm really, really keeping my fingers crossed that he clears the COVID protocol by Saturday night because I don't think you have much of a shot without seven. Well, it's it's a weird scenario, Tom, because the Steelers will leave for Los Angeles Saturday afternoon. and it Can will... I just say something, too? Yeah, we haven't said San Diego once on this podcast. High I'm high-fiving you right now. All these, you know, oh, we've been doing the oh, San Diego Chargers, blah, blah, blah. We haven't said enough. it once. It's been, we haven't it's, said it once. It's been, what, three years yeah, now? That they've get been over there? yourself you, already. You don't have any excuses left. Continue. I'm sorry. No I just problem. needed to get that but in I, there. No, I mean, because you was, said Los Angeles and it tickled me. I'm glad I tickled you, Tom. Mm. Uh, I think it's a, it's a weird thing because if the team plane leaves, what, Saturday at like 3 o'clock? Somewhere around there, probably. Ben has to get his result back before then, right? Or could they like fly him out privately on this like chartered plane? Would like I, I don't know. I would for my quarterback. For, for Ben especially. Yeah. But you put at risk if he comes back with a negative test once he lands. You put that whole flight ri- flight crew at risk, don't you? When you're up in the air, like waiting for the result but he's still flying towards LA you mean or yeah I yeah, mean, if, I mean if once he lands and then he gets his result back and it comes back positive then you're like well bleep he shouldn't have been on that plane no and then that's what I'm saying you put the flight crew even if they're wearing masks it's just kind of like the wrong thing to do yeah right? it's if, r- if you know that you could be COVID positive the responsible thing the humanly responsible thing to do is to not put yourself into any close contact of any other human being. And Ben Roethlisberger's track record in this very instance has shown he's done the right things. He self-reported right. his yeah. symptoms on Saturday night. and Even before that, he was not necessarily quarantining, but only leaving the house yes. for, for necessities. Mm, some good that did him. <laughs> Nothing really to yeah. joke about, but he's fine now and on the road to recovery, so all good in the hood as far as Ben's health is concerned. It's just a matter of getting to that negative test now and jumping back onto the team. Couldn't have got it at a worse time, though, as far as the timetable for, like, Thursday last week, Wednesday last week. He's 100% only missing one game. The fact that it was Saturday night. he comes back, negative. Right. But the fact that it was Saturday night. Mm -hmm. That that leaves it for – And it makes the negative tests come right up – bump right up against that finish line as far as when he'd be on the plane and what you just talked about. Not only that, the fact that they're traveling – Right? What if this game was in Cincinnati or Baltimore or or Cleveland? He could just drive there. Exactly. He, I mean, he could get someone to drive him and 
No, I like the idea of Ben Roethlisberger himself, himself getting into an SUV and driving four hours to Baltimore. But the fact that you have to get on a plane to the West Coast really, really complicates things. It just could not come at a worse time of the week. And given the weekly situation, your your travel situation. Do you have any more confidence in Mason Rudolph knowing that the game plan will now be tailored around him? It's been a week of practices, him playing QB1, Canada, engineering an offensive plan for this Chargers game with number two in mind, whereas we heard post-game, pre-game uh, reporters talking to the coaching staff before the game and, and tweeting about it. It was a Ben Roethlisberger game plan against the Lions, and it was, quote-unquote, too late to really change much of it when Mason got the call. Which is absolutely true. I guess it's true, but... I, I think, when, I think when it's that late, y- y- your, your game plan is set. We're not going to get into this again because we spent right. a lot of episodes on it, but once it starts to rain once you see mason's level of play let's cut the 50 passes out of the game plan but i digress now do you feel a little more comfortable knowing hey this is a game plan that's been designed for mason to use mason's strength to run this offense with him as the quarterback do i have any more confidence in mason yes no okay well that's just lovely i agree with you and that's why i think it's Number two plays, I'm picking the Chargers. Number yes. seven plays, it's a, I it's, still might pick the Chargers, it's but it's really close. I, I have a lot more confidence in this team's ability to win if it's number seven out there rather than number two. I don't care how much prep you give for Mason Rudolph, Tom. I don't care how much how depleted the, the San Diego – oh, my God. I can't believe you just did oh that. Oh, my God. I, I just gave you so much credit. God. I should have waited till the end of the episodes just to make sure, but I got uh, cocky. I got greedy. I wanted to gloat. Uh, I didn't even let to gloat on behalf of me. And you know what? I didn't even. I was the one who said Los Angeles. It and hurts. You said Congratulations. And it hurts more when you let me down than if I had let myself down. So, uh, okay, continue. Uh, let me. I con- don't even know where. I was Los just... Angeles Chargers is who you were talking right. about. The, the, the Chargers defense, uh, without Joey Bosa, without their defensive lineman being out. Well, we don't know about Bosa, right? Like, there's still a chance he I might, think it's, since it's it was like a, a contact thing. Yeah, I think it's likely that he'll be out. But he's unvaccinated, so, you know, that contact thing becomes a little more risque when you're not right. vaccinated. I'm going to work under the assumption or talk under the assumption that he will not play. I don't. And care. I'm going to hope under that assumption, yeah. too, because they need, <clears throat> excuse me, the Steelers need a break. They do, considering they could be without, what, seven potential starters on offense. They're for sure defense. without Minka. And For we know sure that yeah. it, Ben is certainly in question. TJ is certainly in doubt. I think Claypool's going to be back. He was limited in practice on Thursday, but I think he's going to work his way back with that toe. Watt didn't practice. Call it a hunch. I bet Watt plays. I wow. bet they're. I bet they're just keeping him out of practice okay. just to keep his health up. I mean, TJ Watt's a dude who can play under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the Mason versus Ben thing. I don't care who doesn't play across the board on the Steelers or doesn't play across the board on the Chargers. If it's Ben out there, I'm feeling good. If it's Mason, I'm not. I don't care if he's had two weeks to prepare for this game. If the Steelers were on the bye week and Ben went down with COVID and it was a elongated term of, of COVID contact where he had to be out despite being on the bye, it doesn't matter to me, Tom. That game plan last week, yes, was tailor-made for Ben Roethlisberger. But the Deontay Johnson pass and the Ray Ray McLeod pass in the end zone, you should make that pass no matter whose game plan it is. Yeah, so I was just going to piggyback off of what you were saying and and add 
with Ben Roethlisberger, it's not like we're jumping leaps and bounds ahead of what Mason Rudolph can bring to the table, but he does the little things, and that's all you need to win these football games when, you know, every game the Steelers play is a one-score, one-possession type of game. Those layup type of passes that you just mentioned, the mental plays that Ben Roethlisberger makes, like, hey, maybe he recognizes something in the defense and knows he's got to go to his third read first instead of go through his progression just based on what he's seeing presented to him pre-snap. Maybe those things happen with Ben in there, or I know those things happen with Ben in there, and maybe they aren't happening as frequently with Mason Rudolph, you know, calling out disguises and defenses and adjusting your, your pass protection up front. It's that veteran brain and that veteran presence at the position that is also being taken away from a team who's really young on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Like, those guys need someone that's been there, done that, can kind of you know, like they say, a good quarterback knows what everybody on the team is doing on a single play, including himself. You need that guy there, especially when you got four rookies contributing to your offense. Other than the offensive line, is James Washington the oldest member of that offense? I believe so. Derek Watt. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, James Washington's the most veteran presence and. Other than Trey Turner on the line, of That's course. That's what I meant, but, other than the offensive line. But even the, you, outside of Trey Turner, you got a, a second-year guy in Dotson. You got a fourth-year guy in Chooks. You've got two rookies. Well, Dotson will be out there anyway. Second-year guy in Claypool. Third-year guy in Deontay Johnson. Fourth-year guy, fifth-year guy in Juju if he was healthy. Uh, I guess Ebron's a veteran, but Farmuth passed him, and he's a rookie. Rookie Najee Harris. I mean, youth everywhere you look, you need the veteran to stir the drink. And I just think you you lose a lot on the mental side of things when Mason's in there uh, on top of the layups that he just could not hit in that Detroit game. No, he, I mean, he couldn't hit any of them. It, it was extremely frustrating to watch. It was extremely reminiscent of 2019 when this offense, you put up 13 points and you said, okay, let's see what the defense can hold the, the other offense to because we're not going to get any more points than that. The unfortunate thing here is – this defense in 2021 is nowhere near as solid as it was in 2019. So those 13 points, maybe 16 points that you got yourself in 2019 was enough because you thought you knew your defense could hold almost any other opposing offense to under that 16 points or under that 13 points. That's not the case anymore. Well, we know the whole Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger situation. It's been talked about pretty much ad nauseum and, You can't really talk about it any further because we have no idea. It's incredibly up in the air right now. But some other guys that are on the injury report that are concerning, uh, Joe Hayden still did not practice with a foot injury, injured that in the Lions game, had to leave the game early. Looks like it's trending in the direction of Joe Hayden not participating on Sunday. His loss combined with Minka Fitzpatrick's loss due to the COVID list Puts the defensive secondary in a bit of a dire straits. Going to look at James Pierre slash Justin Lane. Going to look at Trey Norwood to replace Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, those uh, three replacements I just tossed out there to discuss don't really rev the engine, do they? No, not at all. I mean, James Pierre maybe a little bit, but... James Pierre, the problem with James Pierre is that he's come out in flashes. The, the play Agreed. hasn't been extremely consistent as you would have liked. It's just been big splash plays like that last second interception on Denver and a couple of big tackles for losses or a couple of big pass breakups. It hasn't been something where, 
across the board the full 60 minutes or the entire time the defense has been out there, James Pierre has been the lockdown guy. You know, he's had his moments where he got burned by Henry Ruggs against the Raiders. It just, it happens. And it's unfortunate. And to answer your point, or to answer your question, that's the one guy I have the most confidence in out of the, the names you just listed. And even so, I just I, I laid out some of his highlights. It's not enough for me to be fully confident in him. And yet he's the one who I have the most confidence in out of that entire group. So that's not a good sign. Yeah, honestly, I'll include Minka and Hayden in this too. Out of all the members of the secondary, Pierre's the one that seems to be getting better. He seems to be the yeah. one that's taking yeah, strides yeah. week week in and week out. And second year guy, he was undrafted last year. Steelers are incredibly high on him think he has the chance to be a, a starting corner in this league if not be a star in this league so it's good to see him progressing gonna have to be thrown into the fire this week if Hayden of course isn't able to go and it is quite a fire that you get thrown into against these charges sure Keenan I mean, Allen Mike Williams poison, yeah right? those two are one of the best duos in the NFL Mike Williams has been quiet of late as you know he's on your fantasy roster oh, you you're, remember you're Tom. extra upset about that I am but Keenan Allen's a Steelers killer. I feel like every time the Steelers play Keenan Allen, he goes for like 12 catches, but they're all for like four yards each at a time, but they end up adding up to like 120 at the end of the game, and he just death by a 1,000 paper cuts you. And Mike Williams is a guy that even though he's been regressing uh, in these past four or five games for the Chargers, any given Sunday he can wake back up and drop 10 catches for 100-plus yards on your head. So... Not only are you missing Fitzpatrick and Hayden, your two best members of the secondary, for the first time in two, maybe three, well, Seattle has great receivers. For the first time since the Seattle game, you're facing legitimate receivers now. Yeah, absolutely. Bears and Lions had none. The Bears had no Mooney's one. okay, but like... Robinson was okay. essentially a non-factor. These, Bane, these Allen, Allen, and Robinson Williams. of five years ago, yeah. and Justin Fields wasn't lining it up, and Jared Goff certainly wasn't lining it up. This isn't Allen Williams with Herbert slinging the yes. rock. This is an entirely different monster you're facing. This is, and unfortunately, this is your real first test of a quarterback, capable quarterback with capable wide receivers, probably since going back to Green Bay. I was going to say the because Green Bay Seattle game. had Geno Smith throwing yeah. the ball. It wasn't really. It wasn't really a factor because and I Baker. I mean, pff, Baker, please. Right. And OBJ had his worst game of his career that week when the Browns faced off. We the we were the final one, right? That we was shipped the final him out of Cleveland. Yeah, that was so many times the Steelers have beaten the Browns and had the Browns <laughs> fire their head coach. This time we actually got a player kicked <laughs> off the player. team after we beat them. It's a great point. I actually never thought of it that way, but yeah, I mean, this is the first time since what was it, Week Four against the Packers Legit with Rodgers. And Devontae Adams being a deadly quarterback-wide receiver tandem. And here you are now. Cert the, the, the outlook on the season certainly has changed given the the wide-scope point of view and the, and the short-term point of view because big scope, you didn't think you'd be sitting here in a playoff spot this early on. But the short-term of it is you just tie with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> You you should be much higher or much better suited in the playoffs than you are right now because you should never have tied with the Detroit Lions. Granted, Mason Rudolph was out there, but you don't want to put too much blame on Mason. However, if it was Ben Roethlisberger out there, you can confidently say the they Steelers would again. never have been in that position to lose a fumble by Pat Ryan with and Deontay Johnson in one 10-minute overtime period. 
So given now that you have to deal with against, excuse me, against the Chargers, Justin Herbert throwing the ball with Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen, the last time they had a, a deadly quarterback wide receiver tandem, you saw what happened, Tom. And that was with Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball to start. That was with a Deontay Johnson 50-yard touchdown pass to start the game. You go out to a 7-0 lead. I don't think that happens against the Chargers, Tom. I think that easily Herbert can outduel Mason Rudolph with his weapons compared to whatever this offense in Pittsburgh is capable of doing. So look at Micah Fitzpatrick in that secondary. Yeah. And who's going to have to replace him? I think they should give it to Trey Norwood. I, I think Trey Norwood has impressed already this year. He's played a lot more than I think you'd expect him to play as a seventh-round pick the last pick the Steelers had in this year's draft, but he's been just as much of a contributor as any of the other rookies you could argue in this class. And, you know, Miles Killebrew, he's just Miles Killebrew. I think we know what he's going to be in the NFL by this point. Trey Norwood at least has some potential about him. And like I said, he's played pretty okay so far this year. Now, granted, it's been in a very limited role, a very fourth or fifth fiddle kind of role in that mm -hmm. secondary, but he's made plays in that spot. So all you can do is make plays in the role that they assign you, and then hopefully they expand your role as you move forward. And this is a little too early for his role to be expanded, but desperate times call for desperate measures, and... I honestly would be okay with them giving the rookie a shot to be that starting safety opposite of Edmonds in this game. I know he's going to give up a bad play, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of them. That's just the nature of the beast. But I, I think he can all in all get through 60 minutes of football and have okay safety play. It's kind of remarkable, Tom, that we're sitting here talking about a seventh-round draft pick. As a, as a second, as a defensive back, who you that's one of the last positions you want to give – to a starting job, a starting job to when their play can be so harmful to you because it's it's all entirely based on their individual efforts. The fact that we're sitting here talking about Trey Norwood saying, I wouldn't hate it if he's out there in replacement of Minka because of the play he's shown us throughout the season so far, really is a, is a huge testament to what he's accomplished in his short rookie season, right? Yes, 100%. I mean, you never expected a seventh-round pick to maybe even make the roster, let we alone did not. be We said in our show, do not expect Trey Norwood. Give, give that helmet to Quincy Roche. Yeah, we picked Roche and not Norwood, and they cut Roche and kept Norwood, and Norwood's been a contributor, and we've looked dumb ever since. However, though, you had to look at it from both sides. Melvin Ingram no longer on the team. T.J. Watt out with an injury, with a possible hip injury that could keep him sidelined for this game. Uh, kept him out for the entirety entire second half of the Lions game, entire second half of the, um, was it the Raiders or was it the Bengals game? One of those two, he was out for the entire second half of that. So overall, he's missed an entire football game. And Roche is contributing on the Giants. He had that big strip sack against the, the Vegas Raiders of all teams on Derek Hart to seal that game up for them. So you got to look at it from both sides. However, right now, Trey Norwood has definitely contributed enough to the point where we're sitting here without Mickey Fitzpatrick saying, I'm okay with Trey Norwood being out there. Granted, we don't know what we'd be saying about Quincy Roche if Melvin Ingram was still off the team and TJ Watt was out. Would we be saying, I'm comfortable with, it, with our outside linebacker packages being Alex Highsmith and Quincy Roche? We don't know. No, but I don't even know if I'm comfortable with our safety being Trey Norwood. It's just... 
That's what you're left Desperate with. times call yeah, for desperate measures. And I think I want to just give Trey Norwood the try over Miles Killebrew. I bet both of them see a d- decent oh, I would amount abs- of I mean, if that's, what, if that's what you're boiling it down to, Killebrew versus Norwood, I'm going Norwood. I don't know where else I would go. I don't know who else would step into that safety Well, I'm spot. just saying between the two of them, I'm more comfortable with Trey being out there. I know I need Edmonds to step up. Yes. That's a big thing well, that needs to happen in this game. How do you feel about his performance against Detroit? Granted, it was a weak passing offense he was facing, but arguably it's one of the best games of his career. Yeah, I think he did all right. But again, I think the first half of the sentence you just delivered me mm-hmm. says it all right there. It, now it, we find let's, let's do it this week yeah. against yeah. Herbert. And honestly, Keenan Allen lines up in that slot. You might have to creep up and take him now because Minka Fitzpatrick, who is great at covering slot receivers, isn't there to do it. Not there to do it. So going to be tough for that Steelers secondary. It's an uphill battle. It's been an uphill battle for the front on that defensive side of the ball for the Steelers all year long. And Cam Hayward's been a one-man wrecking crew, but sometimes that one-man wrecking crew can't get the job done like last week against Detroit when Detroit just had 200-plus yards before the third quarter even ended on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some bad news on the injury front. Isaiah Loudermilk adds to the Steelers' groin troubles in the 2021 season. It's got to be like the ninth or 10th groin that's acted up on this team. He's limited in practice on Thursday. That is trending in the wrong direction as he was not even on the practice report on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Keep your uh, Hold your breath because Isaiah Loudermilk, another one of those rookies, kind of in the train Norwood vein that you didn't expect to play, has been thrown into the fire and has actually been doing a pretty okay job since being thrown into the fire. I know it's been Isaiah Bugs and Chris Wormley getting the main um, uh, um, yeah, next to Cam Hayward, so that won't change. But Loudermilk's been depth. That's been nice on a unit that's lacking depth sorely and calling on its depth. So if he can't go and they're down to just Wormley, Bugs, and Hayward, it's even more dire straits for the guys up front. Exactly, because it's all about giving your guys the rest that they need. And think about it. Cam Hayward can't be out there for 100% of the defensive snaps. So with no louder milk, and you take out not just Cam, but if you were to take out Wormley or Bugs, I don't know where you go to. Maybe you just put two guys on the line. Mondo, I mean... But if if it's not Cam, then you're really stretched thin. If it's the play or if it's the drive where Cam needs to take a break, then there's going to be really no pressure on Justin Herbert. And they're limiting Cam's snaps in practice. He was limited on Wednesday. He did have a full go yesterday, but the in the parentheses the um, the the. the what am I looking for? The status of why he was uh-huh. limited in practice is because of a coach's decision. It's not because of any actual injury. It's we're trying to manage this guy's workload because they're they're overworking him, and it's not like Cam is upset about that. No, there's just I mean, he's there's, happy to do it. There's just nothing more they can do. They they can't afford 97 to spend a, a series off the field catching his breath because they don't have 91 to step in flawlessly for him. So. The depth has been tested on the D-line, and it's getting even more tested, especially if Loudermilk, uh, kind of a bright spot rookie, hasn't, or if he's not able to go, it's it's trouble for that defensive friend against a team that doesn't necessarily run the ball too well, but still averages 100 yards per game. Yeah. And Eckler's very capable. Absolutely. Not just in the run, but in the pass game. I mean, this it's unfortunate that the Steelers have kind of come to a head with all these possible injuries that they've kind of just waited until one week to all accumulate and, and, and occur at one time 
not just injuries, but the COVID issues as well. And it, it's unfortunate that it all came to a head in one week, but it's also unfortunate that it came against an offense that could really take advantage of it. And, and the Chargers are very capable of doing that. One last little thing to touch on on the injury report before we wrap this episode up. Trey Turner, the offensive lineman who had an ankle injury and did not practice on Wednesday, was a full participant in practice on Thursday. So at least they'll get some offensive line help from Mr. Turner. But Mr. Dotson, the other guard, is not going to play this week. Did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday with that ankle injury. I wouldn't expect him to be back this week. I probably wouldn't expect him to be back after Thanksgiving Mm -mm. for that game either. Dotson is going to be missing at least a couple games here for the Steelers, I think. And like I mentioned earlier, Chase Claypool with that toe, he is limited. On the Chargers side of things, Linval Joseph did not practice. Their defensive line is already thin because of Joey Bosa obviously being out. Uh, so if they get, don't have Linville Joseph, that's trouble. But Justin Jones, the other defensive lineman, was back to a full participant with his knee. The big one for me here, though, for them is running back Justin Jackson, who missed last week's action for the Chargers, was a full participant on Thursday with that quadricep injury. So expect Justin Jackson to be back, which means that they'll have their two running backs in the fold, which means they'll look to run the ball against the Steelers' defense that really let up a lot to the Detroit Lions yeah, the week I mean, earlier. The, the playbook for the Chargers should be simple. Look at the tape of, of the Steelers from the, from the previous week. If guys like – I can't even remember their names on the, on the Lions. Iguabuke. I, mean, I remember Iguabuke. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, and we all know DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift's a legit back. Yeah. But the other two guys were still carrying for big chunk plays. I mean, it was DeAndre Swift who got the 100 yards, but it was Iguabuke and Jamar Jefferson who got the 25-yard and 40-yard touchdown runs. So Justin Jackson returning to the lineup uh, alongside number one guy, Austin Eckler, it should be very clear to the Chargers what they need to do in order to beat the Steelers' defense, especially considering <clears throat> excuse me, the names that we've mentioned who could not be out on the field for the Steelers, such as uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, Isaiah Loudermilk, sorry, TJ Watt, if he's not available, that could really spell disaster for the Steelers. And I remember last week, even though, yes, the Chargers may have lost the game against the Vikings, it was their third string running back, whoever the guy's name was, had the rushing touchdown for them. It wasn't even Austin Eckler. So they, they have capable backs up and down, and we saw what any capable back can do against the Steelers' rush defense. Justin Herbert also showed up on the injury report Thursday for the Chargers with an oblique injury. He was a full participation in practice, though, so just reporting the injury because he got to in the NFL, nothing that's going to hold him out of the game, but maybe something the Steelers can look at and say, hey, maybe I uh, lay down on Herbert a little extra long next time I sack him. Maybe I put a little extra weight on him when I get up from the pile because he's hurting a little bit. So maybe that can help the Steelers out in whatever way because they need as much help as possible, and they need some guys to come back. So Watt, Ben, if you're hearing me, we need you desperately, boys. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys lending your ears to our voices, and we will talk to you guys next time.